0: LifeWay Lifeway Leadership Leadership Podcast Network.
1: You're listening to Ask Me Anything with Pastor J.D. Greer. Honest questions, quick answers. I'm your host, Todd Unzicker, and this is where J.D. Greer says, Ask Me Anything. Ask Me Anything. This is where Pastor J.D. says, Ask Me Anything. And so this week on the podcast, I want to ask, Pastor J.D., how can we use the Old Testament in our teaching and our preaching?
0: You know, it's. I think a lot of people are talking about this right now because um, Andy Stanley, who's one of uh, probably America's most famous Bible teachers, released a book called Irresistible, which just basically said, hey, there's some real challenges um, that the Old Testament presents to faith. And uh, he advocates in some ways what he says unhitching the Old Testament uh, from making you know it not really a part of or at least our, our presentation to unbelievers because of how confusing it is you know there's all kinds of historical problems that scholars point out in it you know did this actually happen and did this city exist and of course you've got things like Genesis 1 you know is Genesis one literal days and how many people bring that up as a, I can't believe the Bible because the Bible says that the right. world's four thousand six thousand years old. Created in seven days. Um, There's, you know, sometimes moral problems that people have with with things that happen. You know, how does God um, condone this holy war that He sends Israel out on? And and what about some of the the laws about stoning an adulterer? Uh, You know, uh, there's a number of confusing um, things that are in there. Like, you know, why you've got a list of laws and you've got moral things that we would hold to, but then you've got you know, laws about diet and why you shouldn't wear polyester together. I mean, everybody's familiar with the famous book, uh, The Year of Living Biblically, where this guy A.J. Jacobs goes in and just tries to, hey, you can't really live, you know, all the biblical laws. And so that's, you know, that, that that's part of what's behind there. And he says it's a big obstacle to faith. Well, first, side, let me say I, I totally— I totally agree in one sense and know where he's coming from. Yep. Because, you know, if you just haphazardly use the Old Testament, you can you can really lead people to a lot of confusion. All right. Well, what do you mean then by haphazardly use? Well, not knowing how to, you know, all right, so are all the laws equally in effect? And are any of the laws in effect? Or, or, or for example, um, why is it that we, you know, will take Solomon's advice on on relationships and preach from the book of Proverbs, but then, man, he's a polygamist, and, you know, is this is this the kind of guy we're willing to be taking our cues from? Why not, you know, why not follow him in places like that? Plus, um, you know, one of the other issues is, this is one that Martin Luther makes, um, just repeating the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul says, if we've been freed from the law, to obligate ourselves to any part of the law is to put ourselves under all of it. And so when we put ourselves under the law of uh, you know, thou shalt not steal, to say, I'm obeying that because it's in the Ten Commandments. Well, at, at that point, I'm obligating myself to the entire law. Uh, that's not the way the New Testament talks about it. We are freed from the law. It's, uh, you know, the word that, that Hebrews uses is it's now obsolete. The law has nothing really more to do with me in my legal status before God, and thank God for that. Uh, I mean, in fact, the first person who really spoke like this about the Old Testament that really kind of helped me see what Paul was saying was Martin Luther. Who said if 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 Moses had been around when Paul was writing the Book of Galatians and the Book of Romans, he probably would have been offended at what Luke, at what Paul was saying about mm-hmm. about the obsoleteness of uh, of the law. Um, I also realize that there's a number of really tricky genres in the Old Testament. I mean, um, you know, Genesis one. There's legitimate questions of you know, are we talking here about a poem about a creation? Or are we talking about an actual historic scientific account? Um, scholars debate the best ways to interpret that. And while I have my own convictions on it, I mean, you've got uh, you know you've got scholars that believe the Bible believe in the inerrancy of the Bible and Orthodox believers who who are going to say well, hey this is not really referring to seven literal days you've got others who'll say who say the opposite that's a great thing but I you know I my faith doesn't depend on whether or not that is a literal you know 7 24 hour day or a day age or a poem about creation mm-hmm. and so um, I I understand that we've got to teach people how to think about the Old Testament but does that mean that we just discard the Old Testament altogether. Well, here's why I would say pretty profoundly know, and why it features prominently in in my own preaching. Um, Christians historically believe that the law has served three primary purposes. When I say law, I mean pretty much the whole Old Testament. Um, the first was it's the story and the laws that created a nation that one day Jesus would come out of. Um, there are civic laws in there. Those laws really have nothing more to do with us because we're no longer part of that nation. Um, they set up the the pathway for the Savior to come into, but, but we're no longer under that uh, that theocratic, you know, uh, uh, theocratic nation structure. Then you've got um, the mirror. That's a second use of the law, and that is it was designed to show people what the righteousness of God looked like and how far they um, they fell short of it. I mean, this is what Paul talks about in Galatians three when he says the law was my schoolmaster to bring me to Christ. It showed me, you know, the commands to to not covet, the commands to to not steal, show me how messed up my heart was. Then there's um, one that really gets overlooked a lot, and that is the the role of guide. It shows us what what love in action really looks like. When Jesus said, you know, hey, you can sum up all the law and the prophets through um, love God and love each other as yourself, he, he didn't just leave us in this kind of nebulous. World of sentiment and feeling to figure out what we think love might look like. Um, he's, he says, you know, the best expressions of love, morally speaking, toward God and toward others, are going to be represented you know, represented in the law. Well, those last two things the the law as a mirror and the law as a guide mm-hmm. those are still very much in effect. You for now as a mirror, I already mentioned that you know Paul said that the law teaches us how far we fall short. It's interesting, you know, Todd, when you look back at uh, the history of great awakenings in the United States. They've all had as a core feature of preaching um, the law, the, mm-hmm. the 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 Ten Commandments, where people begin to see, like, man, I don't morally line up with what God wants me to uh, to, to be. Um, as a guide, man, it's still very instructive because again, it shows me what love in action looks like. Uh, when I say, hey, the new the, the 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 new code of behavior is love God with all your heart and love each other as yourself. Well, okay, you got a person who's looking at a woman who's. Uh, Pregnant, and you know, what if that person says the loving thing to do here would be to allow her to terminate her pregnancy? That's what love would say. Well, is that what love says? Because somebody else would say, well, that's not loving to to the baby. Well, you've got to draw from what does the Bible teach about about um, when when, life about about life and 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 what is fairness and what is justice? Um, a, A big one, homosexuality. I mean, there's many people today that say. Hey, if you let love have its course, that means we should be able to love anybody we want of whatever gender, and we ought to be able to love more than one person if that's you know what it is. Well, the Bible teaches you not just to love, but it teaches you what love in action looks like, which is why Jesus, (laughs) the ultimate new covenant teacher, Mm -hmm. that's why he bases so much of what he teaches in the Sermon on the Mount on On the the law. You've heard it said, but now I say to you, and what he's showing them is that these laws. Were, we're birthed in love, and then it can only be fulfilled when you are are filled with love. Um, it's why Paul will use the Old Testament in his reasoning. Ephesians 6 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And then he says, this is the first commandment with a promise. He's not saying go back and get underneath the old legal system, right? That would contradict everything else he said. Mm-hmm. Um, what he is saying is, hey, if the law taught you this, and it showed that God cared so much about it that he even attached a promise to it. Well, hey, the God of the Old Testament and New Testament is not a different God, and the things God loved and the things God abhorred back then, he still loves and abhors today. So you can learn a lot about the God that we serve today in the New Covenant by looking at the Old Covenant, which is is why we say the law has a revelatory purpose. Mm-hmm. It, even though I'm under it legally, it reveals the God that we serve and the designs that he has on creation. All right, I've got to
1: follow-up. There's a lot there. I want our listeners to... Think about that mirror, that guide, and I've got a follow-up question, but before we, I ask it and before you answer, J.D., I want our listeners to know that uh, our sponsors who make this podcast happen are at Living and Effective Podcast. This is a new podcast that looks at what does it mean for God's Word to be effective? Christianity Today and the Christian Standard Bible have partnered together to answer this very question with the new Living and Effective Podcast. In season one, join the host Richard Clark as he looks at the hidden history of the Bible. He's going to wrestle through some tough questions, and he's going to explore what the future holds for the church. Listen and subscribe today to Living and Effective. Wherever you get your podcast. Living and Effective was created in partnership with the Christian Standard Bible, a Bible translation that's accurate in the original languages, readable for all reading levels, and meant to be shared with others. So, Pastor J.D., when before we broke uh, to hear a word from our sponsor, you were saying that while our
0: legal status under the law changes, the God behind it does not. Yeah, that's right. The law, while it's we're not under the legal codes of any of the Old Testament anymore, of any kind. The God that these things point to, the God that is revealed therein, that God has not changed, so the law can really instruct me on the righteousness of the God that I serve. It shows me how to love Him. It shows me what His designs are on creation. Um, our understanding of Jesus and the New Testament, um, and what obedience to the New Covenant would look like, that is so much richer the more that I study the Old Testament. Plus, I mean, just practically speaking, think about how much imagery in the New Testament doesn't make sense apart from the old. I mean, right now I'm I'm in a series on, on Revelation. I mean, there's all these things in, in what John, the apostle, and Jesus refer to that, that ultimately go back to Old Testament. Which, images. by the way,
1: a lot of people have already been texting me and writing me these past few weeks, that you have a Christmas series from the book of Revelation. People can find out more of that at yeah, that is I thought you were awesome.
0: I thought you were about to say um, they have all kinds of questions about the tribulation of the horses and which beasts represent which political figures. And oh. I was going to tell you, I'm going to be sick the day that we ask that question. It's going to be asked Todd anything. No,
1: no. The next part is they asked me about Nicolas Cage and Left Behind and where you rank that with Kirk Cameron.
0: No comment. All right. So, all right. Here's a famous statement I heard in seminary that I think is very helpful in this um, it was that the new covenant. And this goes to the revelatory component I'm talking about. The new covenant is revealed in the Old Testament, and the old covenant is contained in the new. Okay, they fit together. uh, They fit together, and when you learn to interpret them properly, understanding one becomes necessary for really a full and proper understanding of the other. So let me emphasize: it does have to be properly interpreted, and so much damage has happened in the church, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, by crusades and stuff, by people taking Old Testament stuff and just. And just without discretion, kind of bringing it into New Covenant, and that's caused a lot of obstacles. To well, s-
1: speaking of seminary, I heard in seminary a lot of scholars will divide up the law into civil, ceremonial, and moral. Moral still applies today because God doesn't change, so it still serves a purpose. Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah. So yeah. So so that rough framework is the civil laws no longer apply because we're not a nation state like Israel was. The ceremonial were all fulfilled in Christ, so all these feasts and all these. You know, symbols in the in the in the the temple worship; those are fulfilled in Christ. But then, um, the moral laws were ultimately fulfilled in Christ because He showed us what living the God-centered, loving others life looked like. And so, yes, the moral laws. So we look at the Ten Commandments and say, "Hey, the God behind these Ten Commandments hadn't changed. This is what it looks like to love God and to love others." So, I, basically, what I'm saying is this: um, I appreciate any call that goes out to preachers. To say you've got to learn to interpret your Old Testament correctly, mm. and if you use the old, you know, covenant incorrectly, you really wreak havoc on the church, and you you ruin our witness. Paul's strongest words in the New Testament were for people that injudiciously, if that's even a word, but injudiciously incorporated pieces of the old covenant into the new without you know showing that Christ had ultimately fulfilled all these things. But he fulfilled them. He didn't abolish them. He fulfilled them, which means he showed us what ultimate. Obedience to to God's laws. God's laws look like. If I could just say one more thing, um, I'll just say this: as having talked myself with a bunch of skeptics, and having been at, at various points in my life, mm-hmm. kind of a, at least sympathetic with skeptics, I, I'm just. I don't get the idea that removing the Old Testament will suddenly remove all these obstacles to faith. For skeptics I talk to, I mean, um, they have more objections about things in the New Testament. Really, than they do the old. Yep. I mean, you know, it's morally speaking, hell is the greatest obstacle for all of them. I mean, uh, Bertrand Russell, the famous skeptic, wrote Why I'm Not a Christian. He said, you know, hell is the one, belief in hell is the one profound defect in Jesus' character. Um, most of the difficult doctrines of the Old Testament are contained in the, in the New Testament. Um, Romans 5, you know, how one man and woman sin, you know, however long ago, ultimately causes kids today to be born with spina bifida. I mean, that's a difficult thing mm. to, to get your mind around. Um, so I, I don't know that simply discarding the Old Testament is going to make skeptics come say, oh, now the obstacles are removed and I'm ready to believe. I think we've got to be, you know, 2 Timothy 2.15, to study to show ourselves approved unto God, rightly dividing the word of truth. And one of the places that we can really um, create havoc is when we don't do that and how we, we see the Old Testament. Um, subsumed in and in many ways replaced by the New Testament so Mm -hmm. that we're under a new covenant. So the hard work, do the hard work like 2 Timothy 2.15 says, interpret it correctly and show how all of it points to Jesus. I will say on a personal note that my own faith was, I would say saved by seeing how the Old Testament revealed Jesus. I'd convince myself that the New Testament stories about the resurrection of Jesus might be made up by enthusiasts, um, who just you know were exaggerating but it was when I saw how all these Old Testament stories painted a picture of who Jesus was and when he steps on the pages in Matthew you're kind of like there he is yeah. the one that's been described the whole time I'm not the only one like that by the way um you know Jesus's two disciples who had witnessed the resurrection on the road to mass they're still doubting and it's when Jesus opened the scriptures and showed them how they all pointed to him that was when they had this kind of moment of like now we see yeah. now our hearts burn within us so If Jesus wasn't to New Covenant (laughs) to totally unhitch himself from the Old Covenant, I I don't really feel like we should either.
1: Yeah, I do the same thing with my kids in the evenings. I read them the Jesus Storybook Bible by Sally Lloyd-Jones, and it says every page of the Old and the New whispers to the name of Jesus. And so there it is with Pastor J.D. Um, How should we approach the Old Testament in our teaching and preaching? Here on Ask Me Anything, here on the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. Uh, we want to encourage you to check out other podcasts that are part of the network, like the EST podcast, where co-hosts Sam Raynor, Micah Fries, and Josh King. They're going to introduce you to experienced church leaders who are dealing with some of the same challenges as most others who lead established churches. So whether you're a just a leader in the church or a pastor, in each episode, you're going to hear solutions to everyday church, what everyday church leaders face. So we want you to go and check that out. Just look up EST Church on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today. I am Todd Unziker, the host of Ask Me Anything with JD Greer. We look forward to you joining us next time on the podcast.